Welcome to Freelance Sucks. Here we discuss the dark side of freelancing about which nobody usually talks out loud. In this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm community builder at Code Control and 9am.works, and my guest is Tom Kozachinsky, a freelance product designer and consultant with over 16 16 goddammit years of experience <laughs> podcaster coach mentor and sir freelance a lot so welcome tom hi yuri thank you for having me it's really a pleasure uh, i really look forward to this sir for you what is the most challenging part of being a freelancer okay so for if i have to choose just one uh one of the largest challenges in my life was trying to figure out when do i work and when do i do everything else in my life because it, especially when i was starting out it kind of all blended in when you're a freelancer you're always working so it was and i don't like the term work-life balance because that kind of feels that you're balancing out the things that you don't like so i've heard years ago there's a term that i think was from tony robbins that was work-life integration which means i'm a freelancer and a designer all the time, right? But I need to find a way how that piece of my life where I'm working with clients integrates into everything else and how I can work around it so I still have a time to do all of the other things that I want to do. And when you're starting out, you're chasing recognition and accolades and clients and you want to earn money and it's easy to forget that there are other things to do apart from even if you enjoy your work and you love doing what you're doing i really at that point i was building websites i really enjoy doing that but there are so many other things that you need to focus on for me decoupling those two things and finding crafting times for myself outside of my business and outside of stand-up comedy was something that i challenged myself to do but that was number one have you seen the severance on netflix where uh, i've seen the trailer i've heard a lot about it uh it's on my list but i haven't seen it yet so no spoilers i know what <laughs> it is but I, i'm looking forward to it uh, if, if you saw a trailer that it won't be any spoilers because the main idea that it splits your brain into two parts like work and life i i guess that's the only one thing uh, how you can get work-life balance you know <laughs> <laughs> and like what is one tip like how did you understand that it's not a work-life balance but it's a work-life integration like what did you tell yourself which so helped? when i started out when i quit my first job uh i had a colleague that i worked with who was also a web designer he was a senior and i told him like hey let's both quit our jobs and start a company together hmm. and he said i don't care about running my own business because working for a company he at 5 p.m when he leaves the office he's done and he forgets completely about it comes home hangs out with his wife opens a beer has chips watches tv and that's what he wanted to do and i was like okay cool i respect that but i wanted i don't stop being a designer at 5 p.m i'm always thinking about projects i'm thinking about solutions and things that i want to do so the number one tip how to stop doing that is to know what you really enjoy like what do you enjoy outside of work and then making time for that and actually spending time on that without computer without mobile phone without like not gaming like if you can you can game like i'm not saying but like try to do something like with your hands that is outside of computers and it and shit like that and then that, that helped me a lot just to go out in nature i love hiking i love riding a motorcycle so i kind of did that yeah and for you what is the most time consuming thing you must deal with as a freelancer 
Oh, it's the admin work for sure. So if I look at back how many, when I started freelancing, I didn't know that I'm going to do so much taxes and reports and uh, finding clients and doing my scheduling and a lot of stuff that goes in that nobody prepares you for. There's no school for it. There's no like, oh, when you run your business, you're going to be doing your six other businesses on the side that you don't care for. <laughs> so it's kind of hard because especially if you're a creative person or a developer, and now suddenly I have to do all these things that I don't care about. So it took me a lot of time to actually figure out that I can offload that to someone else. And then it was about finding someone that I trust, that I can uh, find an assistant who's going to do my emails for me and do my scheduling and do all that stuff. So that was a that was a challenge because I didn't know how to do that. But once I figured that one out, then it was easy. So then I can just focus on my work. And what things you are not delegating? So I'm not delegating my work. So in terms of design and, and research and stuff, I'm not delegating that. And there is one piece around uh, like the finance bit. I don't delegate finance bit. So I have my accountant and he runs stuff for me, but everything concerning uh, invoicing and talking to clients about money, that's the thing that I still do. And then everything else is fine to delegate. And what is the most nerve consuming thing? <sighs> so it was finding new work and finding clients. And there's this big, fear around where is my next paycheck coming from when you start freelancing you're in very uncertain water not a lot of people have a really good pipeline of projects coming in and clients and so on so it can be nerve-wracking to think well i'm finishing this project i don't have anything lined up and then people get into this uh flood and drought type of uh situation where during one part period of year there's a lot of work then it's summer everybody goes somewhere doesn't do work and then it's kind of like oh no i don't so Figuring out that part and then balancing out the income so it can last through those areas and seeing what can I do so I can supply myself with additional work so it always kind of stays the same. That was the biggest challenge, and, and but now it's kind of balanced out after the years. And if we are talking about finding clients, you are start doing it when you have like the current client or after finishing the work? Oh, so if when I started, I did everything wrong. So uh, <laughs> please take my advice because I'm clearly not using it, but I was not using it. But now what I would say is that a portion of your time should always be focused on finding new work, always. So even if somebody comes to you and now you're completely booked, you can say like, I love your project, I love your idea. At the moment, I can't take you on until next month. And that's good. Sometimes you will help clients who want to work with you and they will say, no problem, we're going to wait. And they will wait for you for a month. Some people will be like, sorry, we need someone today. And that's also fine. But you need to be okay with leaving money on the table and knowing that you have work coming in as long as this machine that generates business is working you know that once you're done you're going to have something lined up and i've done a couple of times where a project would come in i didn't want to leave money on the table but i would pick it up and then uh i would because i was an agency at, at some point i would hire other freelancers that they would work with me so i would act more as a project manager or, or project director and then work with them and i was very upfront and open with my clients about it. So like, I'm completely busy. I will not be working personally on this. I have a colleague that I trust that is really good that will be working with me. I'm going to be overseeing the thing. It's going to cost you the same. So I would split the earnings with, with the freelancer and I'm very upfront about it. But uh, but now in, in the latest 
in the last couple of years, I'm mostly focused on one thing, one client, do the work and then find something else. Yeah, it was my next question if you refer somebody and you already answered it. So thank you very much. <laughs> and as a freelancer, do you ever feel professional loneliness? Oh, absolutely. So there's been moments where uh, it's easy to feel alone and isolated. And this is one of the things that I talk about very openly is uh, find a community that you can belong to. So 9 a.m., is a great example of this is the people that are like me. We are not necessarily working together, but we are in the same type of life situations. And you can always, I'm always very upfront and I'm very open about sharing things, how I feel and what I'm doing at the moment. And like, oh, this has been a stressful day. And there are people like, oh yeah, me too. And then you kind of talk about it. And there's been a couple of really great communities that I've been part of where I feel kind of within the same type of people where I can share. And I even ran a community before COVID in London and our uh, motto was, we perform alone, but we thrive in a community. So like you you find your basically your tribe and just try yeah. to stick with them. I like it very much. And okay, so if your friend wanted to become a freelancer, what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing it? Uh, so when I started giving advice in general, years ago i was i was like oh quit your job and start freelancing yeah, that was a very <laughs> bad advice so don't do that don't quit your job because i did that and it was a lot of struggle so now if somebody actually wants to go freelancing depending on who they are if they already have work experience they have some knowledge and they want to transition from a nine to five career into freelancing uh, my advice would be find something first that will sustain you build a backlog or build like a safety net with your money first so that you know once you quit that you have three months or six months to find your first client that's going to sustain you so don't rush into it if somebody's starting out if somebody's younger uh, doesn't have too much experience within the business altogether i would say find a job work for a couple of years figure out how things work so when you become freelancer you can navigate the thing that would be number two and then number three is Figure out fairly quickly what you are amazing at and niche down to that. Don't do everything. Don't be the cheapest person that does everything. Find one specific thing that you're good at, charge a lot of money for it, and then see within your network and within your peers who you can partner with so you can offer a complete service. Just because I don't do marketing doesn't mean that I don't work with amazing marketers that can always supplement my services. Yeah, totally agree find the great people and team around. You know, Tom, I wish to have the sky is the limit, but time is the limit. So the final question, if you were starting freelancing today, what is the one thing you would have done differently? For sure, except for quitting your job right away. <laughs> uh, beside the things that I just mentioned, it would be building my personal brand from ground up as who I want to present as. So defining who I am, and one thing that I say to my uh, mentees when I'm mentoring is a lot of people would say, find your ideal customer. Who is your ideal client? And everybody will say, oh, my ideal client is a company that has all the money, who's going to pay me on time, who's going to give me a great project, of course. <laughs> but I like to flip that and say, who are you for your ideal client? So mm -hmm. why would they pick you out of all of the other people who apply to work with them? So mm -hmm. if I'm in, for example, an outdoor climbing brand and i just do outdoor uh climbing equipment why would i choose you 
than everybody else. So if you're a designer who's also an outdoor sports person and loves to do all of these things, and you specialize in working with sport brands, you can say like, I'm a brand designer, I work with sports brand, I'm an outdoor person. So they'll say, okay, this guy gets us, so this, this woman or whatever. So they know, they will understand our brand. So if you can niche down and then approach clients that speak to you personally and you speak to them, so you're kind of the same level, this would be the number one thing. Then it's just easy. So you know, I'm I'm a type of designer works only with these types of brands and then it's kind of easy. So same thing is if you're a developer, you're a full stack developer. I want to work with everybody. Not everybody needs you. So who you want to work with? Big companies, startups, want to work on what type of projects. So it's kind of, this is how I ended up in B2B uh, business software and dashboards because I really enjoy data visualization and, and, and solving complex problems. Not everybody does it. Somebody wants to build the next Facebook. So it's kind of finding out what you want to do and then coming to your client. It's like, this is what I enjoy. This is what I think about. This is the type of work that I do. And then it's way easier to hire you. Yeah. The easiest way is just to start doing it, you know. <laughs> so Tom, thank you so much for sharing your challenges. It's been so great to talk to you and learn from you. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button or five stars and share it with your friend. That's it. God damn it. That's it. We're done. And see you in the next episode. <laughs>